when you hear the word purity, what, what do you what do you think of? What's the first thing? purity blend? Uh, what's the first thing that? What's the first thing? So, purity bread. Okay, purity bread. Okay. No. No. Um, what's, what's, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Okay, no sex until marriage. Okay. What else? There's something. Clean. Okay. Say it again. Okay. Anything else? Pure. Okay. Um, the root word. Word. Um. Purity. Before Jesus, who knows about the Sermon on the Mount? Who heard about the Sermon on the Mount? Right? That's when Jesus was saying some really radical things, like if someone slaps you on the side of your face, you turn the other one, and some of you are like, yeah, that would never happen. Right? Or if someone steals something from you, uh, if someone asks you to go a mile, you go an extra. Like, it's just like these radical things that, at least we think it's radical. Right? We think it's like, what? Really? Um, uh, but for Jesus, it's, this is what I'm asking you to do. And if you are my disciple, if you are the person who has placed faith and trust in me on the work that I've done on the cross and the fact that I rose from the grave, making you then my disciple, then you will follow my commands. Now, before Jesus started his ministry, um, you know, he was healing and he was teaching and he was preaching and crowds were gathering. Um, but before he wanted to fully immerse his disciples in his ministry. He went on top of the mountain and he sat down and he gave them the Beatitudes. Who knows about the Beatitudes? Who can name like a Beatitude? Blessed are the peacemakers for... Okay, okay, what's another one? Okay, any others? Blessed are the. Oh, good, great. Um, there's one that I want to focus on. Uh, it's Matthew 5, um, and it's verse 8. It says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Um, is there anyone famous that you want to see? Like, just someone, whether they're like a pop star or whether they're someone in the athletic world? Who? Who? Okay, who, okay, honestly, who would like to see Justin Bieber in person, in person and shake his hand? Okay, you did? Okay, is he like short, shorter than you? You see him height? He's a little taller? Okay. Anyone else? Michael Jackson? You know what? There's a story. Let me tell you the story. There's, um, but yeah, but she would have liked to see Michael Jackson. There's a story, I used to go to, um, I graduated from Aquinas College, the best school in Nassau. <clears throat> Aquinas College, home of the Aces, thank you very much. Um, but anyway, we had, I think it was, it was around like um, midterm break exams and stuff like that, and you know, you hardly do any work but study if you want to study or get into trouble. Um, so Michael Jackson actually, Palmdale area where Mystic, Gym, Fitness, whatever, stuff like that, right? Michael Jackson was actually there for whatever reason. I don't know, right? 
And this, now this was, you know, back, boy, I'm probably aging myself. This was probably back where some of you probably weren't even born yet. Wow, yeah, this, anyway, so, I'm not that old, really. But anyway, so I'm walking, I'm walking to the school gate, and this guy says, hey, Michael Jackson is in the front. I was like, Psh, whatever, whatever, you know. And he's like, no, I'm telling you, I said, yeah, yeah, okay, great. Okay, yeah, Michael Jackson, great, whatever, you know. Um, but growing up, you know, I, I like Michael Jackson, you know, the whole glove and, you know. So, anyway. Um, so, a couple of my friends come back to school, and they're like, wait, Michael Jackson was in the, in the bookstore, right? And I said, like, you serious? They're like, yeah, and I was like, anyway. So I was like, man, anyway. So I missed that opportunity. But I had some opportunity to see some people who I really wanted to see. Um, I had an opportunity to see Michael Jordan, um, to, you know, just, you know, he was there, he's like, hey, and I was like, hey, and stuff like that, and, and that was it. Um, and he's really not that tall, you know, he's really not, but anyway, um, I had an opportunity to see um, a lot of golfers, I love golf, so I was able to go to a golf tournament for a day, um, and, it was, and it was great because I didn't have to pay, it was a free pass, and so I was able to see, and these are probably people that you don't know, Phil Mickelson, um, this guy, you do know Tiger Woods. Um, so I was able to see them, you know, and so it was cool. It was like, hey, you know, I get to see someone that I, you know, admired their talents, you know, and it's like, man, if I could play basketball like Michael Jordan, if I can swing a golf club um, like any professional golfer, that would be great. Um, and, and so those are people that, you know, I wanted to see. Um, here, who wants to see God? Who would like to see God someday, Jesus Christ someday, okay? Like everyone, right? Um, but here Jesus says, Blessed are the pure in spirit, for they shall see God. There's a prerequisite, and basically that's, there's something that's needed before we're actually going to be able to see God, before we're actually able to even worship God in holiness. And that's where purity comes in, and purity of heart. If I can get someone to look up Matthew 5.30, and then someone else to look up Proverbs chapter 12, verse 20. And then someone else to look up 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through 16. Okay, just, just hold on to it once you get it. Um, and then someone else to look up Matthew 5, verse 37. So the first one was Matthew 5, verse 30. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 20. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through 16, and then Matthew 5, 37. And I'm going to read um, Psalm 24, verses 4 through 5, and it talks about just the attitude we need to have. If we are disciples of the Most High, if we are disciples of Christ, the attitude that we need to have, where our hearts need to be, if we want to worship Him in spirit and truth, if we want to worship Him and holiness, and purity. And, my, and Psalm 24, verses 3 through 4 says, Who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord? Which hill do you think they're talking about? Now this is like back in the Old Testament. So which hill? You guys, which mountain? Mount, Mount Zion. Okay, great. Um, and who shall stand in his holy place? What were they referring to about his holy place? Stands with a T. Temple. All right. So, so they're referring to his holy mountain, Mount Zion, and this holy place, his temple. So who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord, and who shall stand in this holy place? 
He who has clean hands and a pure heart and does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully. So we see here clean hands, pure heart, not lifting up our souls to falsehood and not swearing deceitfully. Now let's look at clean hands and pure heart. Who remember that song? Um, it, I don't think it was necessarily a nursery rhyme, but I think it was like a kindergarten song that says, Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be... Okay, can we do that? Oh, okay, let's yeah, Okay, hey, I, like, I like that. No, please, let's do that. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful... I, I know I'm not the greatest singer, but I'm just trying. Okay, see? There's a father up above looking down a... Okay, let's sing it all together because I know I totally suck. Okay. Okay, now let's... Oh, be careful, little hands. Oh, be careful, little hands, what you... There's a, looking down. Now, now for some of you, you'd be like, man, that's so elementary, and that's kindergarten, right? But that's such a profound thing. It says, there's a father of love looking down a tunnel of love. Not a tunnel of judgment or condemnation, although we deserve it, right? But he's looking down a tunnel of love, and he's watching every single thing that we're doing. So what are our hands doing? What, what's motivating our hands it says, he who has clean hands and a pure heart. If our heart is filled with, my parents don't know what they're talking about, or my teacher doesn't have a clue, or she hurt my feelings, I'm going to hurt her back. I'm going to put this thing on Facebook that everyone will see. You know, She's stealing my boyfriend, I'm going to steal her boyfriend. Right? What's, what's in our hearts? What's going to be motivating our hearts that moves our hands to action? And it's not just like our physical hands, although our physical hands do get us into problems and issues. Right? They go places where they shouldn't go. You guys know what I'm talking about. And there's a motivation from our heart. What's in our heart is going to really determine what our output is going to be. So I'm read verse, I'm going to read Matthew 5.30. Nice and loud, Matthew chapter 5, verse 30. Now, okay, now is Jesus saying, okay, you know what, cut your hand off because... You just have an itchiness to just slap people when they, when they tick you off. You know, someone, someone says something to you, and you're just like, man, right? It's just like, I can't control my hands. Or you're out on a date, which probably, if you're, if you're under the supervisory age, where your parents don't need to, be, need to be there, or someone else needs to be there, but you're on a date, or you're with your friend, your boyfriend, girlfriend, and then your hands are just walking places. Right? Is Jesus saying, like, you know, just cut your hand off, like literally put your hand on the kitchen table and be like, Mom, where's the, where's the uh, wood knife? The meat cleaver, right? I need it because, you know, I just, I'm just sick and tired of my hands doing things that I know my hands shouldn't be doing. 
right? And she gives you the knife, and you're like, you know, she, you know, she just can't even remember your name because it's like, what are you doing, right? No, but but what God is, what God is, what Jesus is saying here is that it needs to be like a serious, uh, radical amputation, amputation of of what we're doing. And if and if it has to come to that point where we have to like cut this thing out of our lives, we have to cut it out. You know, so he's not saying, oh, you mess up, cut your hands off, cut your, cut your, you know, take your eyes out because you looked at something that you didn't need to look at. But he's saying that's the attitude that you need to have in your heart, that it needs to be amputated. It needs to be cut out, not just like snipped out, but it needs to be like whoosh, whoosh, machete. Do like samurai showdown on that. Just cut, cut that thing out. Um, but you know what? Our hands just, just doesn't do things just on their own account. It's motivated by what's in our hearts. So read Proverbs 12, 20. Nice and loud. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 20. Who had it? And then the other person get ready. That's the other person get ready for 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through 16. But now Proverbs 12, 20. Quickly, nice and loud. Read it proud. Proverbs chapter 12, verse... Okay. So there is what truthfulness in those, what is that? Deceit and? So if there's deceit in our hearts, the outcome is going to be what? We're going to plot, right? It's like, I'm not going to think of how I'm going to trip up Jonathan because I just care for Jonathan so much. He's such a great guy. I just want to be his friend. But you know what? I'm going to put um, rotten eggs inside his bike because, you know, it's Halloween, and I just love Jonathan, man. That's my boy. That's what I do, right? No, no, I'm not going to do that, right? If I do that, there's something in my heart that's motivating me to that outward action, and it's not good. It's not out for the best interest for Jonathan, although I might think that would be funny and I'll be cool, but it's not out of the best interest uh, for, John, uh, for Jonathan. Who well, has 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through 16? And then the other person be ready for Matthew chapter 5, verse 37. Hold that one. Um, but now 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through 16. It says, He who has clean hands and a pure heart who does not lift up his soul to what is false. First Peter chapter 1, 13 through 16. It says, be holy for I am what? We need to set our minds on holiness. If we are disciples of Jesus Christ, if we are purposing to follow him, our minds have to be set on holiness, not on where I'm going to go to make out, where I'm going to go and get my first kiss, where I'm going to go and see how far I can go, or where I'm going to go to... Um, to watch this movie that I shouldn't be watching or where I'm going to go to do whatever that I know I shouldn't be doing. If our minds are set on holiness, 
then that affects what our hearts is set on, which then affects what our outward action is going to be. Who has Matthew 5, verse 37? 5, verse 37. All right. Have you ever met somebody who say, "Hey, uh, are you gonna, are you gonna come out to the uh, the football game tonight?" And they're like, "Um, I, I, yeah, yeah, I, um, well, yeah, I think so." Have you ever met someone like that? That that it's like it takes them about like half an hour to 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 actually just repeat the question that you asked them, and then another half an hour to to run around the bush to actually answer it, but they don't really answer it. Just like like politicians, right? Like like some politicians, you could come and be like, "Hey, is that wall, is that wall white, right?" And they'll be like, "Well, you see, if a painter came in and painted the wall, and they chose that color, then maybe that color is what they chose." So if you're asking about the choice of the color and that. It is white, but it's really the painters who chose that color and decided on what that color. Okay, now is, was that confusing or what? Right, right. But a lot of you know, I, but a lot of you know, you know, I, I'm not saying all, but a lot of politicians they they go around and think it's not yes or no. Or no, it's not yes. Let my yes be my yes, and let your no be your no. Um, says and does not swear deceitfully. Because clean hands affects what we do, pure hearts affects what we what we're thinking. Falsehood affects what we're setting our minds on, and if we're swearing deceitfully, it will affect our way of life. Who wants to be known as someone that cannot be trusted? Who wants to be known as someone who is trustworthy? In Hebrews chapter twelve, I'll read it for you as we close. In Hebrews chapter 12, and this was at the heart of what Jesus was trying to communicate. Like, Jesus didn't pick his disciples, right? He didn't pick his disciples like, Peter, what are you doing? You know, it wasn't like, Peter, again? You know, it was like, didn't we talk through this? It wasn't, it wasn't a surprise, you know what I mean? He wasn't surprised when Judas betrayed him, you know? He wasn't surprised. He was fully aware. He was fully aware before he even chose Judas to be his disciple. And what I'm getting at is that he knows our hearts. He just wants to make sure that our hearts are in the right place. If we, if we say and if we have professed faith in him, he wants our hearts to be in the right place because ultimately we are his representatives and he wants us to represent him well. And, and in, verse, in, verse, in verse 14 of Hebrews 12, it says, Strive for peace with everyone, and for holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Earlier I asked who would like to see God. Who still would like to see God? And the way that we will see God is an active pursuit of holiness in our lives, starting today. And the thing is, you may think, Pastor Mitch, I mean, I'm not the holiest person, you know. I've done things I shouldn't have done. I'm thinking of something that I shouldn't be thinking of right now. I'm, you know, how am I going to ever pursue holiness? 
If Jesus knew his disciples before he chose them, and he knew how they were going to fail him, he knew that Peter was going to deny him before he chose them, he knew that Judas was going to betray him for 30 pieces of silver, he knows our faults. He knows when we're going to fail. He knows when we're going to succeed. And all he wants us to do is just to obey his commands and trust him. And when we do fail, just call on him in repentance of, hey, you know what, I messed up. His death on the cross was not just for the sins at that time. It was for our sins today, sins that we committed in the past, and the sins that we will commit in the future. But the blessed hope that we have is that we can pursue holiness today because the hope that we have is to see him face to face one day. And all to do that is to pursue holiness. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you all for your word. And I just pray that um, young or old, uh, wherever stage we are in our relationship with you, um, that we will actively pursue holiness. Um, as you have called us, is holy. As your father communicated to the prophet, we too are to be holy. And I just pray that we would just surrender our lives to you and trust in your power to enable us to make decisions, holy decisions, uh, in our lives so that we honor you in what we do and what we say. And it's your name we pray. Amen.